everybody. Welcome to Sports and Ish with Miss TV and Vince Edwards. I just want to take the time to introduce Vince. He is the new co-host here with Sports and Ish. So Vince, tell us a little bit about who you are. Hi, right, Misty. Well, first of all, thank you for allowing me to be the opportunity to co-host such an awesome show where this already seemed like it was. <laughs> uh, but no, as Misty's mentioned, my name is Vince Edwards. Uh, for those of you who don't know a little bit about me, Grew up in Middletown, Ohio, in a basketball family. Uh, father played professional overseas for about, I want to say, 13, 14 years. Mother played in college as well. Uh, older brother played at Penn State University in Miami, Ohio. Had an oldest brother who also played football and basketball in college and high school. So just a little bit about, you know, the family. I'm the youngest of three. And, uh, yeah, I grew up in Middletown, Ohio. I played basketball. Uh, all of my life, you know, and grew up in Middletown playing through grade school, AAU, and then eventually four years of high school and going on to Purdue University for four years in college. Uh, graduated and as you've read in the bio on Instagram, I uh, was fortunate enough to be drafted to the Houston Rockets in 2018 and 2018 draft. Spent some time in uh, the NBA and in the G League bouncing around a little bit. And then uh, finally found my fifth year over here in France right now, currently playing overseas as a professional. So just allowing the journey to take me wherever it goes. And uh, I'm excited to be a part of this podcast. I love it. Thank you. So I, I do have a question for you that I haven't asked you yet. What is the biggest difference between playing in France versus the United States? Like what have been some of those biggest differences for you? I would just say some of the biggest difference probably would just be the, the style of basketball. It's not too much ISO basketball. They're not really huge fans of that uh, in the States. It's kind of like your talent takes over a little bit more versus over here. It's more of a, a system basketball when you come to Europe. Definitely harder. I think if people pay attention to basketball, you watch uh, guys like Luka Doncic or you know Nikola Jokic or Giannis say how much harder it is to score in Europe than it is in the NBA. When Luca first said that when he came in, people took that lightly and thought he was joking. And it's not a joke. <laughs> it's definitely not because <laughs> it's it's sort of like college. Uh, there's no defensive three seconds. So the big can sit in the paint and camp out at the rim as much as he wants. And I think that's what makes it harder because the help side defense is already there. So it's like yeah. a pack line defense. And you make one move, you get past one, and the whole paint is just clogged up because, like I said, there's no defensive three seconds. So help side is just always sitting there ready. And they kind of allow the skips for the corner threes and things like that. Things in, where versus playing in the NBA or in America, uh, there's a difference of three seconds. So that's why a lot of the guys you see nowadays get paid to block shots like Anthony Davis or uh, Nick Claxton, somebody who's just known for blocking shots, Jared Allen. Because it's a timing thing in America. If you're a timing, it's just it's all about time. So nice. if you are able to get over there, you're going to get paid a lot of money. It's a block of Nice. I love it. Love it. All right. So we can just uh, talk about something that's happening right now. Because I know this episode comes out tomorrow. So the games that are on yeah. right now will have already played. Yeah. But let me ask you something. How are you feeling about the Celtics tonight? Yeah, it oh, depends. No. <laughs> Don't hurt me now. Don't hurt me. <laughs> no, nah, I know you're a Celtics fan. It, honestly, it depends on it depends on what they're going to do because uh, honestly, it just depends on the making shots. Uh, you obviously know Jason Tatum's going to do what he does. Jalen Brown's obviously going to do what he does. I think what hurt them the most in the last game was uh, Al Horford had great looks and he wasn't able to convert them. And I think that was just a big key in their offense. So many great looks. And as a you know, a good catch-and-shoot guy as he is, 
And me being my uh, shooter myself, I already know how that can go. Or you're just struggling. You can't get one goal. You can't get one to fall. You kind of feel like you let the team down. But yeah, all your teammates around you, you know, ask you to continue to shoot because that's what you're out there for. So, yeah. and they all get great looks. So other guys just have to find a way to, you know, knock down shots, which they will, the professionals, and help contribute because no matter what, Tatum's going to find his way to 30. Jalen's going to find his way to about 20 yeah. points, if not 25 points. So, most of your damage is going to get done. It's just going to be about how efficient they can be together. Yeah. I like, okay. I like that. I'm going to, that makes me feel a little bit warm inside. <laughs> I was sad. I was sad that Horford wasn't hitting those shots. I don't know if you know this, but he's kind of a big crush of mine. So it was a little heartbreaking to see him miss some of those, those great shots, but it happens, right? It happens. Yeah, how the game goes. So let me ask you something. Judging on Joel uh, Joel Embiid's performance uh, and James Harden, how are you feeling about those two together against the Celtics right now? I think this is the duo that everybody has been waiting for. And when they first got James in that trade, I think this is what everybody expected of them. And James being James is instead of, you know, deferring or being passive, has decided to take the aggressive approach. And I think that's what's amazing. It makes us do a work even more because yeah. in game one, you have a 45 point performance. Now the game, <laughs> then you have a game where he has a, a 15 assists in the game. But yeah, you know, you have another game where he's got 42 points. So it's like, right? if he's good to, if, if he's continue to do that, Maxie has 30 and 20 and then B's going to get his, 30s after 33 in the series right now that's a that's a tough outing for anybody and when you have obviously dominant guards and Maxie and Harden and just uh, MVP for a reason and Joel Embiid is <laughs> it's a dangerous duo and our trio obviously it's a three-headed monster with those three yeah I agree I think uh, I think it was a couple of games ago Joel was actually out for that game and Harden basically took over and you wouldn't even miss Joel. Like you would have noticed he was not even in the game. I think I think he took like fifty plus points on that game or something sick. I was like, well, I, I don't even want to look at this guy with the beard anymore. Just take it away. Take it away. I don't want to yeah. look anymore. <laughs> it was so bad. Yeah, I think I think that first game was pretty rough because honestly with James, like you said, they go for forty five, but he reverted it back to his old ways and the old James. It was just aggressive. He got guys going early. He was attacking. He was getting downhill. He was getting the matchups that he liked. So, unfortunately, yeah. those a little, some of those matchups were with Al Horford. So, <laughs> I think that was just the matchup that they like to go with, and it was working out. <laughs> for them. So, it's kind of how the game goes. All right, another question, and and I only because I've noticed this. I I don't know if you ever mm-hmm. picked up on this, but I always felt that Joel was sort of tired in the fourth quarter, right? And I think that's when the Celtics knew, or any other team knew, that they could probably pounce a little bit deeper into that fourth quarter. But I think. I think that they have really taken advantage of seeding him a little bit early, giving him a little bit of a rest. And he's not so tired in that fourth, that fourth quarter anymore. He's coming out. Joel is, and he's playing hard. He doesn't look so tired anymore. Yeah. So obviously there's a strategy there going on somewhere. Am I, am, am I just the only one seeing that or? No, I mean, it's smart. Obviously guys been dealing with injuries, especially when you deal with a knee injury and he's been dealing with injuries throughout his entire career. So you want to kind of keep him as healthy as you can or as fresh as you can. And Paul Reed does a good job of coming off the bench and giving them great minutes. So I think when you got a luxury of that, a young big who's just as hungry or motivator, has a high motor to go and rebound and block shots and just be around and fly around and be active, I think that helps give you a little comfort to let Joel rest a little bit. And as long as he continues to impact the game, Joel will get that rest. And like you said, it is a great strategy, coaching, 
Doc knows what he's doing when it comes to that. So I got to tip your hat off to Doc because he's making the adjustments that he needs to make to help his MVP be back there on the floor with all the energy that he needs. Yeah, that makes sense. Totally makes sense. So what are some points about these playoffs that you want to make? What are your thoughts all together? Like, we know we have so many games left, so. Mm. Uh, I mean, I, I just think that whoever protects home court at this point is going to win. Uh, obviously, it's only this is game. <laughs> no, this is game six right here. And so it's it gets rough because now you don't want that pressure. And right. the pressure is going to be, you know, Philly, if you can't close this one out, you got to go back to Boston. And I think there's a lot on the line for those guys, especially with <laughs> especially with Doc and James. Um, you know, what people have been saying about them and their history in the playoffs. But honestly, it's it's a game of runs. That's how basketball has always been. And you kind of have to control your controllables. Let's roll back, back to the Heat's loss last night. Mm-hmm. Uh I totally thought they were just going to go ahead and finish out the series and have a little time for a break. Um, but that's not what happened. Uh, the heat lost. Uh, Jimmy wasn't looking so good out there. Um, and I know do you're, you're in another country. You're in France. You did have some internet issues. You didn't get to catch the game. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. but it was like, what happened? Like watching these guys, I totally thought they would clean house, but now, now they're kind of in a lock with the Knicks the same way that the Celtics are with uh, the 76 mm-hmm. or so. And I got to tell you, I think that Jalen um, Brunson is actually performing quite well. I think 10, uh, somewhere like 10 straight games, that kid has like cleaned up on 20 plus points. He's not playing yeah. around either. Like the Knicks are definitely presenting some good players, some good defense out there. How, how's your, how's your, what is your take on that? I, I think that's just Knicks culture. They're hard hat, blue collar people. They're always going to play hard. And I think that's what yeah. they need to do that the Heat has done better than them. Uh, you see Julius Randle make quotes all the time. Like maybe they just want it more, and it kind of has looked that way. But at the end of the day, that's all the playoffs is: is who wanted more. Obviously, you got skill, you got talent. But whoever's going to work the hardest, whoever wants it more, is going to dive in the floor for loose ball. Who's going to go and fight out the rebound? Whoever's going to come up with those people like to call them game winning plays. I think that's the most important thing that the Knicks probably did that I really didn't get to see. But if I know basketball like I know basketball, I'm pretty sure that's that's how the Knicks play their ball. And like you said, Jalen Brunson's been playing exceptionally well, and he gets goes out and gets another thirty plus point game. I think that just makes it easier for everybody else to know that once he gets it clicking your floor general, your point guard, your leader of the team, as seems he's been, he gets the floor spaced and he starts getting aggressive. The space, the floor starts opening up even more. Now he's drawing attention from other people. Guys are getting better looks. It just makes it yeah. easier for everybody else around you. So I think so. But if you're a heat coach, you know, what are you going to do to slow that down? Like, what would your intake be coming into the next game? If you're Eric exposure, you're like, hey, we got we to gotta slow this guy down. Like, is it all on Jimmy? You pack the pain more? Do you give up the three? Uh, there's a lot of things that I I don't know what you can say at that point. I've got a great colleague and friend that actually works for Miami Heat. And what I know is mm. this. If they make it to the Eastern Conference Finals against Celtics, that means I get tickets. So what I need to happen is this. <laughs> I need the Heat and the Celtics to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. So we're just going to have a little prayer for that. <laughs> Just tiny one. <laughs> I, I think you got a lot of a lot more things going on in Boston. I see Jalen and Jason both made all NBA team yeah. six hundred and thirteen million. 
to be given out. Oh, I know. In 2024 20, 20, and 2025, somewhere in there? Is that, uh, is that the years they were looking at somewhere in there? It's insane. Yeah. I mean, do you do you part ways? Do you continue to keep it and try to make it work? Because you're not going to be able to keep everybody. You can't keep all the pieces yeah. around you. And that's gonna. Yeah. That's a lot of cap space being taken up. Yeah. And two guys who are yeah. worth it. Obviously, they're arguably one of the best, if not the best duels all year when healthy and playing together. So they pack a hard one-two punch when it's playing together. So yeah. as a, you know, you got to make a decision. That's a tough decision to be made. You know, they say all good things must come to an end, but who knows? Uh-huh. Who knows what the future holds on that one for sure. Okay, you talk. You talk to somebody who works with a lot of players in the NFL, and I cannot tell you how gutted it feels to spend years with a player and and watch them grow into this amazing uh, athlete uh, and do great things in a city, and then all of a sudden free agency comes up and they're gone. You're like, no, you were doing so well in Cincinnati. Please don't leave us. So the thought of breaking up like Tatum uh, and, and Jalen Brown is like the same thing. I, I would feel so gutted. But then on, on the other hand, you know, as an athlete, you have to make good decisions, right? You have to think about your future and you can't stay with one city forever, right? Maybe that's just the way it is. Of course. You've been of there. Course. so Yeah. I mean, like you said, guys got families, you got futures to think about and you got to understand what's at stake for you. I think a lot of people who don't live that for like get the misconception of that. They try to judge you based off of, you know, just being their favorite player or play for their favorite team. They don't like to take right. the time to actually think about what your life holds and what you have going on in your personal life to them were just entertainment. But it's like, if you had a, a job offer to go make almost 400, 300, a hundred million more, 50 million more, like nobody in this world is hesitant. And if you are, everybody's going to question, like, you're going to ask you like, yo, if you're in my family, you turn down $50 million more. It's just, it doesn't sound possible. So let me ask you this. And I think you and I have talked about this outside of this podcast, but where, mm-hmm. where, where do you see someone like Jalen Brown possibly ending up? What is your feel on that? <laughs> I had this, um, I've seen something on Twitter and I think it made sense to me even more and more. Uh, I thought about it and I kind of was talking to some of my friends in the group about it today. Uh, I seen that they said Houston and I don't see why that wouldn't work. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, uh, you know, you just saw email Doku. But obviously, Jalen was very familiar with. And you look on Houston's roster right now, it's a lot of space, a lot of cap space for them. They don't have yeah. max contract players on their roster. And I just right. think it makes sense. There's rumors, you know, that James wants to go back and play in Houston. Who knows how that holds true. But I, I think depending on how Philly does this year will depend on, you know, the decisions he makes. And he's going to make whatever decision he wants yeah. to make that's best for him. But, you know, for Jalen, I don't know where else in the market. Like I said, when they said Houston, it's like they kind of need a star. Somebody's coming into their own. I mean, Jalen's already established, but it's kind of like that. When James left OKC and he went to Houston, it was like, boom, it was his team. And, you know, guys would, you know, it was time for him to take over. And he didn't have to really to defer to a a Katie or a Westbrook. You know, Jalen won't have to defer to Jason. It's just like it's – his team, his team, his team, but also comes with that. You got to build around him as well. So I think if they can get that going, and then you got a young guy like, you know, Jabari Smith in the front court, you got Jalen Green, 
you, you got Kevin Porter Jr. Like you still got some solid guard play. If James decides to come, I mean, that opens up a whole new field. And I think if I'm them, you, you look at it and you might be able to take that draft pick that you got. You might be able to go find a, a front court player, you know, somebody of yeah. a, a big man of the caliber that's can kind of help control the paint, take over the paint a little bit. It's hard to find good bigs nowadays. So I think that's something yeah. that could possibly work for him in his near future. But that's just my intake. That's all I know about it. <laughs> Seems like you know a lot. <laughs> Not gonna lie, that was a lot. You know a lot. But you know, I'm actually just, a huge. <laughs> I'm a I'm a huge fan of Ime Yudoka. Um, I mm. hate it when he left the Celtics, but obviously, Coach Joe Mazzulla hasn't been a bad decision either for the Celtics. They've done really well with him. But but I am a huge fan of uh, Ime Yudoka. I think he was a, a great man, and I mean, all, all intents and purposes, I think that uh, I would be watching some Houston games because I, I still think he's a great coach. I would like to see what he has to produce for them and. And obviously, if Jalen Brown eventually did join the Houston, uh, the city of Houston, I would probably just maybe partially convert. Not all the way. Still all the way Celtics, but I might partially convert just because it is nice to see uh, other teams grow and do things. Um, yeah. And obviously, there are some teams I'm not a huge fan of. Uh, don't get me wrong. There are some teams that have amazing um, talent, the Warriors, but I'm just not a huge fan of Draymond Green. And and I'm the person that also loves to hate Steph Curry. I think he's so talented. But I think even watching them win against the Lakers last night nearly ripped my heart out. Because for one thing, I just really wanted to see the Lakers serve the Warriors a little bit of humbleness. I just want to see the Warriors not have a great season. Could we just not with them? Like, am I the only one that feels that way? Could we not with the Warriors this year at all? Hey, uh... <laughs> Uh, I don't mean you're probably not the only person. I think for them, the biggest thing was a lot of people were writing them off because they're saying they're old. They're asking if the dynasty was over. You know, there's talks that Draymond might not be there. <laughs> who knows what they're going to do? Who are they going to cheat? And I think when that happened last year, they ended up coming out with that title. That just gave them even more of that confidence because, like, we're still here. Like, a lot of, like, when y'all counted all of us out, we were able to come together. Jordan Poole was huge for them. Gary Payton II was big. Obviously, Ron Looney's playing every every game, every second. So, as always, Mr. Reliable is always good to have on your team. And I think that's why it can get annoying. And then you got a winner in Draymond Green. Like, no matter what it is, you might hate him. You might not like him. His antics might be a little off for you. <laughs> I mean, he's one of those guys. It's like having a Marcus Smart. Like, if he's on your team, you love him. If he's not on your team, you don't like him. But you got to respect what he does. And three-time defensive player of the year, I think he's obviously the heart and soul of the defense like people always talk about. Uh, but, you know, my intake, I think they got a perfect marriage with go to St. Draymond Green. I don't think they win those championships without him. And I think that was the best thing for him in his career. And uh, Mark Jackson did a good job of help getting all those guys together and drafting those guys and, you know, talking with the front office and putting that together. And Steve Kerr's obviously done a tremendous job of taking over after that. So, I think they got the right to talk that talk, you know, <laughs> with everything that just goes on. <laughs> there's just so many nice. young guys, and a young guys not giving respect, but it's like, come on, these are guys who've been around, been there, done that, like, and like we need our respect. And so when you when you get challenged by some some guys that's in my generation, some of my peers, guys that are up and coming, hungry, and want to take you down or take you out of the competition. I think yeah. that's the part of it where it's like, all right, we kind of got to flex our muscle a little bit, just like LeBron kind of did in the Memphis series. Like, I got to kind of show you, you know, that 
you still got some time to go. Like you got, you guys got the future, but our time is now. So I think that's how the things are going right now. I like it. I like it. All right. So let me ask you this. So obviously you also have, um, Phoenix and Denver coming up as well, which they play, they're playing tonight too. So we'll have those results tomorrow morning on, on who's ahead too. How are you feeling about that series? Um, if I'm the Lakers, it's like, which one do you want? Well, they got to worry about go to state first. So let me not go there. I'm a, obviously, <laughs> I picked pick the Lakers to win that series. So I'm speaking on that side of it. But uh, I think for go to state in Denver, they can't come out like yesterday. <laughs> and what happened or, sorry, the day before and what happened with them. And just, okay. it was a, it was a nightmare for sure. To, and, uh, and the playoffs, as they're at home, they're obviously the number one difference, the number one seed for a reason. We got Nikola Jokic, yeah. who arguably could have been the MVP. That would have been three straight, which would have been a different conversation to have for a big man. Finally get a Jamal yeah. Murray that's healthy. Finally get Michael Porter Jr. back that's healthy. So you finally got all these, you add KCP. You got Aaron Gordon. Like, you got all these pieces and guys who just fit right in with the team. And it, it, it can go either way. Uh, and I want to say, like, you know, Denver's got the better team chemistry because they've been together the longest and got all the better pieces, but that is a basketball. And at the end of the day, the name of the game is put the ball in the hole. At the end of the day, you have Devin Booker, you got Kevin Durant, two of the best one-on-one players in the NBA right now. And you really have guys double teaming Devin Booker and leaving Kevin Durant open, which I think is right. I don't even I don't even want to talk about it because I think that's the craziest thing I ever heard in my life. But and I think it I'm shocked him. And I I, yeah. think, I think that was one of the most disrespectful things I've ever seen. Devin Burke is a great player. There's no yes. way I'm leaving to go double off of Kevin Durant. So right. if those if those dudes combine for eighty three points again or eighty and they're just having a kind of a, a Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen series or a Kobe and Shaq series, I mean it's you tip your hat off to guys like that because that's just their skill of basketball, their style of basketball, and how they play. So it's kind of a whose style is going to win the game. Is these guys who are just the greatest ISO players in the game right now going to help get us to the Western Conference, or is it our team chemistry, our team bonding, and the way we move the ball and the way we share the ball and play through Jokic, play through Murray, play fast paced when we have it? And it's, so I can't really choose in that series. I know it's going to be a great finish to finish out. So I'm excited to see who comes out of that series for sure. Yeah, that'll be a, that'll be good. Great, great basketball for sure. It, All it right. It's going to be a great series. <laughs> I think my question my question for you is, obviously they've dropped all NBA teams, all NBA first team, second team, et cetera. I want to know who you think was left off or who should not have been in all NBA team. Your first team you have – Luca, Giannis, MB, <laughs> Shea Gilders Alexander, and then Jason Tatum. Okay, so now wait a minute. So I saw so the first team. I didn't see all the announcement on who the, the first team, team versus the second team. All right, so I know this. I know some of the guys on the second team. So I know Tatum made the first. I know, I know. Sorry, I just thought mm-hmm. that this is not released today. No, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I knew Tatum made first and Jalen Jalen Brown made second team, but I'm sorry. Go ahead. Say <laughs> say the question again. I'm ready. Say it again. Yeah, no, I'm I'm just wondering, do you think 
Do you think there was anybody snubbed? Left off? Who do you think should yeah, or who do you think should have made first team outside of those guys? No, I think who do you take out of there? When you said Giannis, you said Joel, Giannis. Maybe, right? Tatum. Yep. yep. And who who were your others? Sorry. Uh Shea Gilges Alexander and uh Luka Dokic. Oh, Luka. Luka's great though. Man, who would I have Oh, that is a good question. Oh, man. I don't know. Last season, I would have said Jimmy Butler, but not this season. Um, man. I don't well, know. That's a pretty good here's your, second, here's, your second, here's your second team. Your second team is Jalen Brown, Brown, Steph Curry, yeah. Jimmy Butler, Jokic, and Donovan Mitchell. Again, last year I would have said the Joker for Team One, but not this year. Steph Curry. Again, I love to hate the guy, but I would have probably put Steph Curry on on Team One. Oh, you take you so you're take so you got to take a guard off. You're taking Shea off, or you're taking Luka Doncic off because Shea's had an incredible Luka. year. I would take Luka off. Done. I can't yeah. I can't be mad at that because when most people <laughs> when most people. If you look at these awards. Obviously, things are political nowadays, and it, oh, the yeah. criteria switches up every year, and that's why I can't be mad at your answer because the criteria is always switching up. It's either mm-hmm. are we rewarding winning, are we rewarding the best individual, yeah. did they finish high, did they finish low? So I'm not going to sit here and say I accept the answer, <laughs> but I understand, <laughs> I understand your answer. It's taking it take look out of there. I get it. Look out. What, what about I you? What would have your answer have been? Who would you have taken? Who would you have put, replaced? Again, like I said, it depends on the criteria. And okay. honestly, I think a guy who's on his list and is a little too low is De'Aaron Fox. And okay. for my likings. Okay. Personal opinion. Got a third, he's on the third NBA team, all NBA team. It's hard. It's hard to accept that from a guy who's obviously didn't get much attention coming into the league. Uh, coming into Sacramento has been out of the playoffs for decades. Yeah. And they finally turn it around. He's been there through thick and thin. He's obviously been in the face of the focal point. And for a lot of people who didn't pay him any attention because they were never on national TV, never any national recognition. And it's not as big of a market as a New York, LA, maybe a Houston, maybe Miami, you know. And I think for me to watch him, to see him, you know, grow to develop his game and arguably the fastest guy in the league with the basketball because he gets from end to end at 0.2 seconds. It's unbelievable. And the way he's just a leader of that team, has guys going in the right direction. You add to bonus in the Tyrese Halliburton trade, I think that took me by surprise when it first happened, but it also ended up being a win-win for both teams, and they both ended up in better situations. So I just think personally him being on third team, um, again, I don't know who you take off the second team or the first team, but I feel like you got to make the exception. He's clutch player of the year. Yeah. His team is, you know, top three seed in the NBA. Like, it's it's just a tough one to, to have him. In my opinion, that's tough to have him on the third team. Yeah. Yeah. I think the second team looks pretty smooth, though, too. That's an amazing team. <laughs> it's yeah. great. It's good stuff. So, if you had to make a guess on who's going to be in the in, – in, the end-all, be-all, the final playoffs. 
in the finals, period, who would you pick? Do you see that being like Eastern, Western? Who do you see being in the final period? In the NBA finals or in the conference finals? Yeah. NBA, like all the, all the way. Like we're done at the end. Are we going to see the Lakers and the Celtics? Are we going to see – I'm saying Celtics because I'm hopeful and the universe is listening. So are we going to see the Celtics and the Lakers? <laughs> are we going to see – are we going to see the Warriors back? Are we going to see the Suns? Are like, who are we going to see playing each other in the end of all all of this? Like, where where do you see all this falling? Again, uh, I, like I said, the best team wins, obviously. <laughs> but my prediction, I think we're going to have a Lakers and uh, Celtics match. Yes! But, <laughs> but I'm going to tell you right now, <laughs> the game is going right now. <laughs> And if they can't close this series out, oh. I think I think I'm gonna have to. It's gonna be hard to bet against the Heat. But I know. I I think for Philly, I think they can make it work. Like the game I, is I, I on behind me. <laughs> yeah, game is on behind. It's on behind me, but I'm still if pulling Philly, up the score. <laughs> if Philly closes this game out, I like Philly's chances against Miami. I'm listen. I'm a fan. I'm a fan of the game, and I just called it like I see it. Like if Celtics win, I, obviously I'll, I like the Celtics to be the favorite. But they don't close out Philly. Uh, it's gonna be alone. But I, I got Lakers on the West side. I've been saying that since the start, since the two ten start. I've been rolling with them. Uh, obviously Ohio guy, so I gotta <laughs> go with LeBron. It's my guy. Uh, uh, don't yeah. really know him personally, but. Ohio, you know, gotta gotta help, you know, stick together, represent. So I definitely gotta take LeBron on this one for the West side. But I'm anxious to see, like I said, a fan of basketball, still another game, so always watching it. So I'm anxious yeah. to see how it pans out. I know you want the Celtics, but who do you think is coming out of the West? I would like to see the Lakers. And I'm still holding out a lot of hope for the Lakers. I think with everything that I've seen. I, I'm going to say like 70% of me feels like it's going to be the Lakers. Like I'm well over 50% sure it's going to be the Lakers. But fingers are crossed. But to be fair, if they play the Celtics, I'm clearly not going to be rooting for the Lakers. So I don't care who LeBron is at that point. <laughs> Doesn't matter to me. <laughs> I'm going to root for the Celtics. But uh, on that on that fun question, you obviously didn't grow up in the Michael Jordan era that I did because there's a couple of uh, decades between us. So, if you had to choose Michael Jordan or LeBron James, this is like the age-old question. Who would you choose? You're like it's got it. It's got to be LeBron. I don't. I'm 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 going with LeBron. We had a debate <laughs> in the room all the time. I have a debate with my teammate Kenny, my boy Kenny Morgans. Kenny's my guy, but we had a debate every single day in the locker room. Just the way I approach, just the way I approach the game, the way I was uh, taught, especially by my mother. My mother's a big fundamental lady, so she taught me, you know, how to make the right pass, how to use the glass, everything. And when I watch LeBron play, like he's all around, and so I always tried to predicate my game just like that. So there's personal opinions for me, and the reasons why I would go with LeBron because when you just ask me who I want as a player, I mean, your best guy is also your best decision maker. I don't think you can beat that. And I know people are like MJ because he's six and on the finals, killer instinct, this, that, and the third. I yeah. just don't see how for years people said, 
LeBron doesn't have this killer instinct and he's the number one scorer of all time. Yeah. I guess I, can see I, I can't see it. I, can, I, I know people are going to say, well, he deferred to other people down the stretch. Well, if you're telling me that I'm a basketball player and you would rather me force up a shot, rather I'm the best player in the quarter or not, a role player, best player, okay, we're talking about two of the greatest players ever. And right. I'm in the I'm in the paint with three people, and there's a guy that gets paid multiple millions of dollars and works on his craft as in the gym every day, as in a Ray Allen or he played with J.R. Smith or anybody he's ever deferred to to kick out the ball and make the right play because that's just the type of guy that LeBron is. I'm always gonna okay. live with that because I'm always gonna live with getting okay. the best shot, and I think that's how okay. obviously he approaches it too. It's like why would I go and force this shot up when there's a guy wide open right here, and so. When I go versus that, I'm going to go with that. That's just my personal okay. opinion. That's what I prefer. I love MJ. There's no disrespect. <laughs> I think a lot of people get so high on this topic of conversation that it's like, <laughs> they, act like they, can't appreciate, they act like they can't appreciate greatness. Like, I've been in, mm-hmm. I'm guilty of being in a heated discussion with my friend. Like, nah, 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 because I want to get my point across. But at the end of the day, there's a level of respect. Obviously, LeBron looked yeah. up to Jordan. Obviously, he wore 23 because right. of that. And... I also just know that Jordan laid out a foundation for a lot of people, just like LeBron is going to be a foundation for a lot of guys. He was for me personally and has been. I watch a lot of LeBron film. I watch a lot of film of everybody, but he's obviously one of the, one of the main people I watch just because like I said, it's hard to, it's hard to not like a guy like that who makes the right plays, fun fun to watch, fun to play with, always carries high energy. Um, And it's kind of a little bit more laid back than Jordan's approach was as a leader. But, you know, like whatever works for you. I know my dad always taught me, my dad always taught me that the more versatile you are, the harder it is for a coach to keep you off the floor. And so I always honed in on that and remember that information. Obviously, someone who's done it before me. So, and who better to watch than LeBron? Like, you know, he's a little older now, but when he puts his mind to it and he's ready to guard, he's guarding one through five. He can play one through five. He knows the offense from one through five. He knows right. the other team's offense and what they're going to run. You just seen it the other night. I believe it was um, – where are they going to? Game six. So, game four, yeah. they try to run the hammer screen. And LeBron remembered that play from 2018. Like, he just – that's how smart he is. He scouts everything. He's always knowing percentages. You hear all of his ex-teammates tell all these crazy stories about this guy and his memorization. Right. He already knew they were, what they were going to run. Switch, switch at the top of the key to turn around and switch with AD. AD's right there in the way for the perfect interception. So for the steal, and I think that in itself just speaks to his IQ because he's always thinking the game. So that's just my intake on it. Anybody else can disagree or agree. That's just kind of how I go. If you disagree or agree, and you're watching this on YouTube, put in the comments. We like comments. We're good with those. Go ahead and tell Vince you agree or disagree. I thought it was well put. That was well put. I will say that was well put. <laughs> a lot of people go say Jordan. I heard so. I had a teammate of mine say you can't wear LeBron's with jeans. So we're going. I'm going with Jordan's. <laughs> there's a lot of ridiculous. I mean, there's a lot of ridiculous debates out there, but I agree. I agree. I would so, agree with that. I would agree with that for sure. So good. Just kind of rolling back to your own career, I, I do want to ask you. Mm-hmm. What was your most very good? What was your most favorite game ever played? Looking back at the years that you've been playing basketball, give me your favorite game. Whether it was because 
whether it was full of adversity and opposition, whether it was a game that you didn't expect to be so magical, just whatever it was, what was your most favorite game you ever played? I played in a lot of great games. Um, uh, personally, uh, obviously, like I said, being drafted, uh, I played in NBA games, scored my first buckets in the NBA. I've played in some great college games, being at Purdue. <laughs> Yeah, I still to this day my one of my favorite games, if not my favorite, after all that being said, was uh, my high school game. And I was a sophomore high school, and we were uh, playing for to go to state championships. So it was regionals, and it was basically the elite eight to go to final four. And that was just so magical to me because as a kid growing up, if people don't know where Middletown, Ohio is. Jerry, it's right in between Cincinnati <laughs> and Dayton. <laughs> it's a home of the great Jerry Lucas. So, you know Jerry Lucas, you know where Middletown, Ohio is. If you know Jerry Lucas basketball, if you don't, look him up. Um, shout out to Kyle Schwarber because he's also doing an amazing job in the MLB. He's also a Middletown, Ohio guy, so we got to show him love. Um, yeah. giving, giving people positive ones to look up to. But if you don't know Jerry Lucas, Jerry Lucas owns every single record in Middletown. Like, Wow. All-time leading scorer, most 50-point games, 60-point games, just everything. Wow. And Same. we haven't had a state championship in years. Uh, I think since, like, 1957, 58 was the last one. We've had great teams. Wow. And I don't know if we're cursed in the city or what, but we were so close. I didn't want to really revisit that game because it breaks my heart to talk about, but it was just so magical to see the place that I grew up in and where I came from. And for a city to kind of watch me grow as a young man and become the player that I was and to play in front of the entire city for so much on the line, I think that was uh, one of my favorites. Honestly, I, I can never shake it because even me talking about it is breaking my heart again. Oh. <laughs> I, for sure, I for sure thought we had that game in the bag. But outside of that, I would probably have to say it was about – I, I got to go games because it was probably about – a month straight where those games where James Harden was going for 30 plus every night sitting there as a rookie watching this guy do these things. <laughs> you had no words for us. People like, yeah, he dribbled the ball 20, 30, 40 times. I saw him, whatever, but people don't understand, you know, I was behind the scenes and the locker rooms in that nature. So I was there. People don't understand, right. like, he went into that mode because of how many injuries, you know, we were dealing with at the time. You know, CP was out. Eric Gore was hurt. Clint, Clint had broke his hand. Clint was out. So there were so many other pieces that were missing, and it was kind of just, like, throwing on James. And like I said, to sit there and watch 30-plus points every night, to go to a game, I'm a young boy. I'm sitting there watching. I'm like, man, all right, I'm – I'm a part of the NBA, but I'm still like the little kid in me still like, man, it's like yeah. I can't shake the feeling. So just watching the game, I'm like, no, this dude is about to drop 30 plus. Sometimes even 60, <laughs> sometimes even 50. That's like in the garden, I, I was there in the garden, he dropped 61. Like it's just to actually be there and to actually see a guy with, works on his craft, puts in as much time as he did, shoot the same step back, the same rock dribbles, hit you to sleep. To know that it's coming and there's nothing you can do about it because that's just what he had going on at the time. Yeah. I can't pick between those two moments, but 
And obviously, I think that for me is just one of the two amazing moments for me in my career, being able to play or watch or be a part of it. Love it. What a great answer. Let's see, this is why this is why you're here. You get to share these great stories. <laughs> yeah. I love yeah, it. it <laughs> I think I think too, um, for me having those experiences too, it also is good to get like a fan's perspective because like I said, for me, sitting there being a player and watching it, it's kind of like you understand more. What was your intake on it? Like I said, a lot of people thought he was like over dribbling, doing too much, or it was not fun to watch. What was your take on it when you're turning on ESPN or you're waking up and looking at your phone? James Harden's 30, 30, 50, 40, 50, right. 60. Like, so. Let me ask you this. Did he have a beard back then? Was all that there? Did he have all that going yeah. on? Yeah, 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 yeah. He's, he's had that. He had that ever since. I think I want to say it's right, right before he left. OKC is kind of where it started to get a lot of hand. But when I got, when I got there, it was he was already the beard. There was no questions about it. Nice. He was, already, he was already, yeah, he was already who he was. I love it. Oh, I I don't have any more to talk about until these series or the, these games get played. Where are you at? What do you got? Uh, I I got a few more in my notes. You're like, I got more. Bring it up. Let's go. <laughs> Let me check the Celtics score. Hang on. Wait. <laughs> go ahead. Ooh, all right. Celtics 37, 76ers 24. Not we are in the second quarter to eight minutes, 45 seconds left. All right, we're good. What we're, is we're ahead. Your, That's all I know. Here you go. What is your take on the uh, Jokic and uh, I'm gonna call him Mr. Matt because I don't want to butcher his last name. He's a <laughs> podcast in some way. So uh, just kind of their intake. That was the Suns owner when things happened, escalated quickly. You know, Jokic went over there and grabbed the ball. Yeah, it just kind of got a little out of yeah. It just got a little out of hand. Like, do you think Yoga should have mm. been fine? Do you think he should have been suspended? Like, what is your intake? Yeah. Because I know a lot of people are just like it's just basketball. So, right. Let me let me just. I'm gonna say this. I did see that, and I thought to myself, like, what a dick move. Uh, he should definitely be fined. But then I, I want to say this, just as somebody who's worked with athletes for almost nine years now, mm-hmm. I can tell you how over the top people in the stands or the, or the fans or whatever are. And I think oftentimes, sometimes I shouldn't say oftentimes, I should say sometimes I think that people get carried away. I think that they say things or they make moves during a game that they have no business doing. So when you see him approach, when you see him approach him on the floor during that, when, you know, the ref is right there, I thought to myself, he had no business. He had no business being on the floor or that close to him, period, right? That's just my mm-hmm. opinion. He had no, he shouldn't have been there. It's just kind of like anytime you see fans throwing things or shouting things at certain players, I'm like, they, they're human beings and they're here to play a game. You shouldn't yeah. be talking, you shouldn't be behaving like that. Like be a fan, be a good person. But when you yeah. see, when you see one of the owners actually just getting on the floor, like he had some sort of right to be there and be that mm-hmm. close, I thought to myself, yeah, I'm a little bit upset. Maybe you should be fine, but that guy shouldn't be that close. He shouldn't be on the floor right there. He shouldn't be in the business of the ref and and what's going on in this situation. Like, why was he even that close? What was he doing, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. What were your thoughts? I think it goes both ways when you're looking at it. I think for, it's like Jokic running over, it's like, I don't know, maybe just the way he reached in for the ball, he's like trying to get it out quick to, you know, get an extra possession, whatever it may be, whatever thoughts I was trying to have. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm, I'm also looking at it, analyzing the situation. There's a big pileup in the crowd. So obviously it's a dead yeah. ball play being stopped. I just think it was kind of right. those situations where you should have just kind of let that slide. I don't think you really should have been running over there for the ball at that point in time in the game. But okay. at the same time, for the owners, like, what are you holding on for the ball for at this point? Like, I know he was trying to check on – he was trying to check on his guy, check on his player, and that's understandable. And nobody can fight him for that. But they squashed it. Who knows? But that was just my two perspectives. It's like, Jokic, one, might have been a little too much. But two, you, I, we, we don't know why you're holding on to the ball any more than – Jokic coming to get the ball. So, <laughs> I right. don't really know if he should have been fine. I feel like if they, those two were able to get on social media and hash it out or have a little joke where you see Jokic throwing the ball and they kind of laughed it out. But then again, the whole protect the fans, I mean protect the players from the fans kind of scenario or situation plays into effect yeah. in that because now if you're the NBA, you're the commissioner, you're looking – you know, you're looking in on that. It's like, well, if we let this slide, yeah. we don't want other people to think they can get away with it. But Should the Jokic, they got fine. Jokic, they got fine. So it's, I don't know. Either way you look at it, everybody's going to have their own perspective. It gives everybody their own opinions. But that's just kind of me. I'm right. a, I look at it from all angles type of guy. Fair enough. It's a good angle. All right. We what got, else you got? We, we got. <laughs> okay, so. I'm sorry, they added this last year. So not only do you got finals MVP prediction, but you also have your conference finals MVP predictions. So give me your Eastern. Granted, we don't know who's going to make it. I know. We're going to guess. We'll guess. Or you can pick one from each team. That's left. On on the East side, give me who you think would be your conference final MVP. Well, overall, I would have said Jason Tatum, and I'm pretty sure he got that last year, too. Mm -hmm. Um, First ever, yeah. Yeah. I I would say Jason Tatum. Um, uh, Man, with the other teams, I don't know, because I'm still looking at regular season. Miami didn't exactly have a great start, and when you look at the Western, neither did the Lakers, but here they are. So uh, when you see some of these performances now in the playoffs, I think things have changed a little bit. Man, Western. I think that's a beautiful thing about the award. They're not really going to ever. I don't think with this award that they're checking on regular season. I think it's just what you got. Just in the where they are in the playoffs, right? Who? who yeah. So I think. Yes, yeah, so I think that favors some guys like uh, Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler, obviously, without a doubt. Right. It's gonna be hard. It's gonna be hard not to give it to him if the, the you know the Miami Heat. So, Man. but wow. now if you go to the Sixers. Who do you give it to? Do you, do you give I want to say James MVP? Harden. I want to say James Harden just because when Joel was out, what he was able to do in that one game, right? He took over like he was a one-man show. And I would say James Harden. That was just a killer performance on his part, being without what I would say was his left or right arm. But then there's a controversy to that because it's uh, another round. So do you reward him for getting him to this round? 
or do you say, all right, there's a clean slate because you got the, you know, the season, the league MVP on your side, and now you guys are on the Eastern Conference. I think obviously whoever has a better, the better statistical categories, whatever, however people want to call it, points per game, whatever, okay. to help lead their team. Okay. I think that should be the deciding right. factor between those two for sure. That makes sense. That makes sense. Um, yeah. Let's see. Uh, ooh. Man, when it comes to the Knicks, ooh. I don't really have a favorite on that team because I've just never been a huge Knicks fan. But again, Jalen Brunson. I think Brunson. Jalen Brunson, like I said, his – his performances have been pretty amazing. So I, I would say Jalen Brunson. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. Personal. Yeah. Guys, he's understanding. I think for him too, a lot of people who said he was overpaid, uh, give it to big of a role. Uh, look, listen, if you know basketball, anybody who knows basketball, anybody who's been around the league could tell you this guy who <laughs> he proved that while being next to Luka Doncic. So, you know, and some people did question, hey, now all the attention is going to be on you more so right. than it is. You were the second guy because everybody's paying attention to look at. He's still able to put up the same amount of numbers, right. even better numbers because he's getting more usage rate with the ball. He's getting more attempts. Obviously, he's being able to be a little bit more aggressive playing alongside, yeah. you know, other guys too. So, uh, especially with, you know, Julius and RJ. But I think for him, yeah. he's proved a lot of people wrong for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I know you hate to. I know I, I hate to say it, but you're probably gonna have to give it to Steph Curry. If you go to Steph. <laughs> <laughs> um, better, better than Draymond Green. Thank you. <laughs> I, honestly, like I said, I I love I love to hate him, and I also hate to love him. But he's uh, he's an amazing player, despite despite his his attitude, especially at the ESPYS last year. I just I can't get over some of the the whatever. But anyways, he's an amazing player. Uh, I, I would have to say Steph Curry as much as I hate, hate, hate to say it. Steph Curry. Yeah. Lakers. Who do you have for the Lakers? <laughs> You're like, Ooh, Ooh, <laughs> who do I have? <laughs> um, I mean, it's obviously going to be LeBron or AD. Um, I think I think it just again, like we talked about with Joel and James, comes down to who in that series, you know, who wins the game or who helps the team or who yeah. was really the the vocal point or the leading point of the team and who took charge. Uh, obviously, LeBron's always the guy that flirts with triple doubles, not gets triple doubles almost every time he steps on the floor. In the 80s, when he's healthy, he's dominant, comes out, he's capable of getting 30 and 20. So, yeah. at that point, yeah. I don't think either of them care. It's just about, hey, you got it, that's cool. Well, now I'm probably going to get the finals of or You get them both, we don't care. Right. Like, let's just go get another ring. So, uh, yeah. I think they have a good enough chemistry, uh, especially yeah. between those two, along with the other guys that we mentioned. Uh, it doesn't even matter at this point. Like, let's just get this done, get to where we got to get yeah. to because – Everybody's chasing that ring. I think, obviously, for LeBron is going to – I think he gets his ring. And my, in my opinion, it's going to be hard. People are still trying to question whether he's the greatest or not. And, you know, you always bring up the MJ debate, 6-0 in the finals. 
LeBron gets his ring, right. I think it's going to be at 38 years old. I think it's going to be very hard to deny that debate anymore. <laughs> all time leading scorer, all time leader in playoff points, just, just all time leader in a lot of categories. It's going to be top five yeah. in assists, top five in rebounds. It's not too many people that yeah. you could say is <laughs> in the category of all. No, to be fair, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't even. I would probably suggest LeBron as well, just because you know that he's very close to retirement, and I think what a beautiful note to go out on, to know that you gave it everything you had to the very end. Like, to me, I, I there's nothing worse than an athlete that refuses to retire, and they end up having like a bad three or four years, or even five years, like in the NBA. But to see that man come out with something beautiful near the end of his career would just, I think it's amazing, and he deserves it. So he's a good human. I think he's got Player, more. Good human being. I think he has more. <laughs> he's got more. Shut up. Yeah, I think, you know, he, I, think he's looking, I think he's looking at about four more years. Now, uh, is he going to be still Very above generous. the rim? Is he going to still be above the rim? No, only the man upstairs knows and him. But okay. I think just because of his IQ and his level of play, um, obviously, he takes care of his body, invests in millions of dollars to his body every year. Yeah. He wants to play with Bronny. At this level, at least, he's got at least two, maybe three more. And then whatever he wants to do after that, he's obviously going to be capable of doing whatever he wants to do. So, but I give him about two, yeah. three, four might be generous, but you never know. At this point, I really don't see him slowing down. I give him two, I give him two to three more. Maybe three is a stretch, but two more for sure at this level. I think after he turns 40, I think we start to turn back the clock a little bit and just see. But <laughs> you never know. We we thought this. The guy made a tweet years ago saying LeBron's, you know, 30-plus. This won't go on for much longer. Now he's entering it. Late 30s, entering his early 40s, and it's still the same LeBron. Right. So, who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? He's a good guy. He's a good guy. I'm pulling for him. I'm pulling for him. He's a good guy. Yeah. I'm gonna just I'm just gonna check the score. Hang on. Ooh, ooh, yeah. Okay. Forty eight to thirty four, we're good. Sorry. <laughs> Forty eight thirty four. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. I know. I'm just like oh. I sorry, Missy. Everything's okay. I gotta see if we are <laughs> who's 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 doing most of the damage here. Oh, Wow. That's a win on your guys' part. For Boston, if you're a Celtics fan, that's a win. Jason Tatum's 0 for 8, 0 for 3. And you guys are up 8 points. Beautiful. That's beautiful. 13 points Man, from Smart. 11 from Brown. Brogdon, 5 for 6, 3 for 3 for 3 is huge right now. That's, that's big time. Love it. Oh, hell yeah. Wow. I'll take yes. it because he started – I think Tatum started 0 for 5 the last time and ended up 10 for 20 in the second half. So, it was, it was, you know, he's going to find his way. Yeah. You know he's going to find a way to his rhythm. Yeah. You know he's going to find a way to try to get going. He's going to force the issue a little bit because that's what he gets paid to do. Yeah. It's his job. So, I think if he gets going, I think you guys can force a game seven. So, I think this you guys have all positive signs right now to be up. Even eight points with him having one point is amazing. I need this in my life. I need this in my life. (laughs) I need this in my life. Like, not like my salary depends on it, but I need this in my life. (laughs) I need this. You and 
you and some of the sports betters out there probably all saying the same thing right now. <laughs> all right. When it comes to Phoenix, who do you have? Um. Yeah, about that. I think that's one of those. I'm a, hey, I hate to be the person I have to make that decision when the time came. Yeah. One guy's got 40, one guy's got 30. One guy's got 50, one guy's got 40. Once again, <laughs> it comes to who had the hotter hand. Who had the hotter hand? Who had the hotter right. hand? Obviously, I think it's easier to say Jokic gets it. You know, never comes out given that Jokic is averaging the averages he's had in his playoffs this far. Uh, I think the matchup works in his favor as well. So I think Jokic gets it. If not, I think whoever gets it between Katie and Book is just whoever had the hotter hand that series because both of them. I think what, what D Book's having, uh, Michael Jordan like series playoffs because uh, he's doing numbers that, yeah. you know, only MJ's ever done. So I think that turns a lot ahead. But, um, like, like I said, it really just depends. Some things become political, some things become basketball. It depends yeah. on if we're talking. You know, just that specific round, or if we're talking all of the playoffs. If we're talking all of the playoffs, I think you got to go with Book. If we're talking all the playoffs, then you got to go with Devin Booker, in my opinion. Just me personally. I can agree with that. I can agree with that. I would have said Devin Booker. Yeah. For sure. Personal personal opinion, personal (laughs) preference. And that that one, guys, he's just cerebral and gets to his spots, picks his spots really well. He's always... In a phone booth, like I think that's the best yeah. way to describe his jump shot. He's always up and down. Like textbook. You gotta, you know, tip your hat to a guy like that who always works on his craft. That's nothing but just being in the gym every day. Repetition, yeah. same shot, same form, same everything. You know, not leaving until you get it down. So guys like that who sit in the gym and they don't just get that type of jump shot overnight. No, I agree. Agree. I think that when we get back together on this in a few days, we're going to have a different opinion. <laughs> no, I mean, a lot of my opinions on this won't change despite uh, who's officially out of the playoffs and who's not. But uh, I think we've picked some really great players, though. And at least we're on the same page for the most part. So, see, you're going to be a great co-host because you already, <laughs> you already agree with me. So this is good. <laughs> I can handle Try my it. best. Not every, not, every, not every day, but I just let me just use my little knowledge that I do have to make my yeah. predictions. But when we come back, it. we're definitely have some more things to to go based off of and discuss for sure, hundred percent. So much more. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for coming and tuning in to Sports and Ish this week. Whether you watched us on YouTube or you were able to find us on every single podcast platform, including Apple and Spotify. You can find us everywhere. We've had an amazing time discussing what's going on in the playoffs. Please give a very warm welcome to Vince Edwards. So happy to have him with Sports and Ish. Uh, Again, thank you so much, Vince. You guys have a wonderful day, week. We'll see you guys soon. Thanks. Thanks.